Well, hey there, mamas. I hope that you have a box of tissues near you because um, this episode is hard and um, it's with my sweet friend, Nikki, who is my hairstylist and was in a small group with me for a long time and is just one of the sweetest, sweetest people I know. She has literally just been through, as we say here in the South, the ringer um, in the last 12 months. And so she is vulnerably and transparently sharing her story today about walking through infertility and walking through divorce this past year as a mama and as a wife and as a believer. And so I hope that today's episode just touches your heart the way that it has touched mine. Well, good morning, Nikki. Actually, I think it's like the afternoon. We don't know what day it is, y'all. We recorded this already. And then, like the first 27 minutes, just radio silence, like we never said a word. So we are just going to do it again, and it'll be better the second time. Y'all get a better version the second time. Anyways, I joke, but I like to keep it real because life happens that way. Sometimes a third of what we did just doesn't show up, and we have to redo it, and that's okay. So how are you, Nikki? Doing wonderful. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Well, awesome. Well, before we kind of dive into what we're going to talk about today, can you kind of tell everybody a little bit about you, who you are, and what you do? Absolutely. Um, Hey, guys. I am Nikki Clifton. I am 34 years old, 35 this coming month in April, but I am not counting down the days for sure. (laughs) Um, I have one beautiful son. He is seven, and his name is Aiden. He is in the first grade at Howard Elementary, and um, just he's my miracle man, which we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Totally. um, Let's see. Been a hairdresser for 16 years this coming October, which makes me feel super old. Wow. But yeah, yeah, right. Wow. but I absolutely love what I do. It is um, definitely, definitely my passion. I feel very blessed Yeah. every single day to get up and do what I love. Um, so, yes. Um, awesome. Some other passions of mine are Cycle Bar and uh, recently joined Burn Boot Camp in Hendersonville because I'm crazy like that. Um, but I love it. Just love fitness love fitness which i know we have that in common we do now girl (laughs) yeah yeah i love it yeah Um, sorry i keep talking over you you're fine Uh, you're fine um well awesome well i wanted to first kind of start out talking a little bit about your career um so i know we talked about this a little bit um a while back that you you didn't attend college. You wanted to go to cosmetology school and get your career started right away and stuff. And I feel like in our culture sometimes today, there's kind of like a stigma that you like have to go to college. And there's a lot of like pressure, I would say, on teenagers and, you know, even from parents of like, you've got to get into a good college and you've got to make this on your ACT and all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, you are so passionate about what you do. And it gives you such a, a ministry even. You, you're in front of so many people. Um, but talk to us a little bit about 
you know, why you chose that and what that kind of decision was like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, when I was about to graduate high school, honestly, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I know I kind of had a knack for hair and makeup and, you know, I'm a girly girl. So, um, I enjoyed those types of things, um, went and visited some colleges and, you know, cause like you said, you know, you feel that pressure on you, especially like your junior and senior year of high school. And, um, just did not, when I was there, I just did not feel like it's where the Lord wanted me, you mm-hmm. know, and thank goodness my parents were, um, super supportive. You know, I told them, Hey, you know, let me, let me try this cosmetology thing out. You know, if I stink at it or I don't like it, I've only wasted a year, year and a half. Sure. And then I can and I can always go to college after that, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, college is a necessity for some people and some careers, um, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't plan on being that parent that stresses it too much. I mean, I would love my, I would love Aiden to go to college, you know, but it's all going to depend on what he wants to do with his life. You know? Right. Right. I think it's just really hard too to have any idea what you want to do at 18. I mean, I have a degree in political science, y'all. <laughs> I'm really putting that sucker to good use. Uh, so, you know, I, I think, I think that it's just a really important lesson to remember that there's a lot of avenues for as a mama, you know, encouraging your kids to find something they love, something they're passionate about and something they feel called to, you know, and I think that that's really important. So absolutely. I was just talking to one of my clients today. Um, she's 15 and I was asking her, you know, well, yeah. what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And, um, I just told her, I was like, just make sure whatever, you know, whatever you choose that you enjoy it. Like, don't focus on necessarily the money that you're going to make or right. what, because you have to work and you might as well enjoy it. Sure. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the Lord can use you anywhere. You know, wherever he has you, whatever, you know, career you go into, there will be an opportunity. Um, and I think sometimes we just get stuck on these certain career paths and then people are, are not happy in those. And so I love how much joy and passion um, I hear in your voice when you even talk about what you do. And I'm sure it wasn't maybe that way initially when you're trying to learn the ropes. But, you know, you got through the process and um, really have enjoyed that career um, and you're awesome at it. Nikki's my hairstylist, which, you know, so when you see my hair looking so good, you know who is responsible for that. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, how, you know, you get to be in front of so many people. And, um, gosh, your hairstylist kind of becomes like your counselor, you know. I mean, people just share a lot of stuff and you're kind of just stuck there with them, right? So they've got a captive audience and I know we joke about this a little bit, but a lot of serious stuff comes up too. Um, yeah, heavy stuff. Totally. So talk a little bit about that. Um, and about your journey too. You mentioned, you know, Aiden being your miracle baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, unfortunately, um, have, in the past, you know, dealt with some miscarriages and, um, it is really crazy. You know, once you go through stuff like that and you start talking to people about it, how many people have gone through the very same thing that you've gone through, but we don't talk about the hard stuff. People don't talk about the heavy stuff, the uncomfortable stuff, you know, and, um, just another reason why I love my job, you know, being, having all these different women sitting in my chair and just 
one, being able to help them through the hard times, but then two, having them help me because, Mm -hmm. you know, people you would have never thought, you know, but when you start sharing your story and then they're like, oh yeah, you know, that happened to me 10 years ago or that happened in between each one of my three children or, um, I don't know. It's just, I just want to encourage people to maybe, you know, talk about that stuff with people because when you're in it, you feel so alone. And when you're, you know, especially stuff like that, you know, you think, oh my goodness, something's wrong with me or whatever. It's just so many women go through it. It's so common, Mm -hmm. you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that just such a good point of just one of the biggest things I think when we're going through something really difficult is this tendency to just feel super alone in that. Mm -hmm. And so having some type of community or just a person who can say, you know what, I've been through that too. And, And I really believe that's why God lets us journey through some of these chapters sometimes is that so we can show somebody, you know, you can get through it and, and here's what I've learned and, and all of that. And so how was it for you to have some support or like, how did that come up? Did you share with your clients what was kind of going on in your life with those miscarriages or did you know because they had shared with you or kind of how did that work? Uh, no, I mean, that's kind of what I was saying like before, just obviously when it happened to me, you know, there were many appointments and it had to be canceled and, you know, days that I was off work. Um, and you know, it just kind of came up in conversation because that's kind of, you know, uh, I was out of work or whatever, but, um, but yeah, it's funny you say that because, um, one of my most favorite books that I've ever read, which we'll talk about, um, later on is, uh, Lisa Turkhurst's book. It's not supposed to be this way. Mm. Um, And it actually talks about that, just like, you know, the Lord, in those moments, you're thinking, why me, God? Like, why is this happening to Mm -hmm. me? This is so terrible. But like, you know, there's certain things we go through in life, and life sucks sometimes. You know, it's Mm -hmm. hard. And I try to teach my son that, you know, it's not all butterflies and rainbows, buddy. Yeah. But uh, the Lord puts us through stuff because he knows that one day our story is going to help someone else. Totally. And, and I, you know, and I chose to believe in those moments that I was being protected from something. My family was being protected from something. That sweet baby was being protected from something. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's such a hard mindset, but if we can even just stop in the hard and in the pain, you know, a lot of listeners know that I almost lost my life after Elizabeth was born from postpartum hemorrhage four of them, four times. And I remember in those moments, just crying out to God being like, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) Like I did everything right. You know, and people would say and try to be helpful and just focus on your baby. And I want to just say everybody's hard is their own hard too. Like you don't have to compare your heart to somebody else's heart. That moment that you're in, that's just really difficult season. Um, it's just your hard moment. And just because it's not as hard as someone else's doesn't mean that, that you are not broken by it. Um, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel and there are lessons to be learned. And then there are reassurances, you know, that you can give to somebody else once you have journeyed on that path. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I always say this sounds like a super like spiritual thing to say, but it's like, I just don't understand how people go through this life 
without faith mm-hmm. and without the Lord. Because, you know, in those moments, you know, you just think back to scripture and, you know, and it says, you know, he works all things for good. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it just helps in those mm-hmm. moments, you know, it's like, man, this sucks and this is hard and this hurts, but there's good at the end of this because I know the Lord is in control. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. I know that another big thing in your life that's happened over the past year, um, you know, you also um, dealt with from behind the chair and all these people who have been part of your life. And so take us through a little bit of what has happened over the past couple of years, as much as you would like to share Um, and part of the reason why I asked you to be on the podcast is because you said, I'm willing to share, because again, I think I've been given this story to, to also encourage others. And so as much as you would like to share, um, we would love to hear it. Okay. Awesome. Well, um, obviously 2020 had a lot for a lot of people, a lot of change. So not only did, um, you know, me and, all my girlfriends at work, you know, we went through the pandemic and we were shut down for seven weeks and, you know, we were told we couldn't work and, Mm -hmm. um, that was scary. But, you know, also, unfortunately, um, after being married for 12 wonderful years, um, unfortunately went through a divorce as well in 2020, which was, um, let's just say very unexpected. Um, so, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody ever plans for that or expects that for sure. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, now here I am single, 35 years old and, you know, just again, just hoping that my story actually, you know, I've already been blessed enough to be able to share my story and have people contact me and just walk them through certain things and help them as best as I can, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know that you mentioned that this was unexpected as I think it would be for anybody. Um, but take us through kind of what happened leading up to this. I know when you and I had talked before, you had shared, you know, you, you were journaling, you're actively praying for your husband. You were even in some counseling, you know, yourself. So take us through kind of what some of that looked like. And I know you've got some God moments you want to share too. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I say it was unexpected. Um, you know, 12 years into a marriage, you're going to have some stuff, you know, you're going to have some crap and, uh, we definitely did. Um, and then, you know, just slowly, but surely our relationship started changing and, you know, I was, um, wanting to start counseling and, um, ended up meeting with a lady, um, that we met through the marriage retreat that we've actually been with, uh, you and, uh, Jeff before mm-hmm. deer run retreat in, uh, Thompson station, Tennessee. Um, I'm sure, I think you've actually talked about that on your podcast. I have. Yeah, I love them. Dave and Liz Gibson are just incredible people with an incredible story of redemption and healing. And yes, if you are looking for some, like, a marriage weekend where you will get more than just getting away, um, we highly recommend it. Absolutely. Yes. Um, So I contacted one of the ladies that we had met there uh, and started doing some counseling with her. And, you know, she did the 
straight up Christian counselor. So um, I was just encouraged by her to quit trying to get answers from him and go to the one with all the answers, you know, mm-hmm. the Lord. And um, uh, it's a very hard thing to do, you know, but yep. um, never forget one of my favorite God moments um, through all this was, you know, one night, you know, we were fighting and arguing and I'm trying to get answers of, you know, what's going on and, you know, why is our marriage falling apart and all of that. And again, we got nowhere, you know, after 15 minutes of me acting a fool and, you know, crying my eyes out and just trying to get answers from him. You know, I just stepped away. He went to bed. I went into the living room, opened up my Jesus calling devotional and I'll never forget. And my journal entry was a prayer and I was in that moment just beating myself up because I had completely gone against what, you know, the counselor had told me and I was trying to get answers from him and which was, upsetting me more and more and just kind of wrote out a prayer and uh then I opened up my Jesus calling devotional and on the very same day it was I think it was like August 25th or something turned to the day and it was literally like the Lord was sitting there next to me with his arms around me telling me it was going to be okay because it said you know don't beat yourself up when you stray away from me Hmm. you're only human you know it's it's gonna happen from time to time but like you're gonna find peace and you're gonna find healing in me if you keep your focus on me I mean and I wish I had it here in front of me because I could like read it word for word but that was pretty much what it was so in that moment as hard as it was you know it was just like okay you know he's with me and he's Mm -hmm. gonna he's gonna be with me through this no matter what happens yeah Yeah. I remember when you told me that for the first time and you shared that, it just said the the fastest and easiest way then to find your way back to me is just to say my name. And I just thought, oh, it just gives me cold chills because sometimes we overcomplicate what it means to walk back to the Lord, you know, or to just come back or we think we have to get our ducks in a row or we think we have to figure something out to come back to him or to come back to his presence or even what that even looks like to come back to his presence or to give it to the Lord. And sometimes it is just as simple as saying the name of Jesus, you know, and um, mm, I just love that. And I love that you shared that. So I can imagine that all of this had to be just really awful as a woman, right? A lot of stuff there, a lot of mental, emotional stuff, um, happening, but you're also a mama. And so a divorce doesn't just impact that husband and wife. It impacts that mama and daddy. And so talk to us a little bit about what it was like to navigate, um, all of this with your son. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, let's be real. A divorce is hard no matter what, but when you add a kid in the mix, uh, yeah, it's a whole nother level of hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, out of all the bad, like, I try to focus on the good a lot, and I will say, you know, my ex-husband is a fantastic father, um, and so I count my many blessings where that's concerned, because I've heard horror stories, you know, yeah. of 
women going through this and then not having that support system on the other side, that co-parenting, you know, not being able to co-parent and, um, so far so good with that. So praise the Lord where that's concerned. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, all my son knew was the three of us together. So, um, he went through a lot, um, still does, but you know, obviously in the beginning it was a lot harder. You know, there were nights where he would himself to sleep you know and I had so many people say oh my gosh you're just going through this with so much grace and all I think you've even said that to me Nate yet mm-hmm. and I'm like oh man but uh <laughs> you haven't seen me at my worst um you know there were nights where he would cry and I would cry and once he was asleep you know I would go outside and make a, a little phone call let's just say <laughs> you know um and the anger um that I experienced and that still I experience on, you know, some days it's just, it's really hard because I've never ever been an angry person, but you know, I've had a fairly easy life too. Mm -hmm. you know, if I haven't had much to be angry about, but, um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just very hard navigating that with a child, um, you know, and I, you know, you can have a good day, but then when you see them sad or when you see them upset, it just. Yeah. I know you mentioned <laughs> that you had a friend who gave you a piece of advice though, about your sadness and about this idea of needing to act like everything was okay for Aiden. Can you talk about that? Yes. Um, a very, very good friend of mine, um, told me one day, Nikki, it is okay for him to see you sad mm. it is okay for him to see you cry and that I mean emotions are a part of life you know and life isn't always again it's not always butterflies and rainbows you know life sucks sometimes mm-hmm. um and he needs to know that that's just a part of life so I remember just feeling like this giant weight was taken off my shoulders because I was trying to hold it together yeah you know I was through the Full time in my life, and I felt like for my son, I had to hold it together. Mm. But and, you know, not that I would just like lose it in front of him, but it was, it was okay if I was having a bad moment for him to see his mommy cry, you know. Um, and I encouraged him, but you know, talk about it. If you're sad, tell mommy. If you're mad, tell mommy. Mm-hmm. Tell mommy when you're happy. Tell mom, you know, like it's okay to feel. Yeah, you know, and and it's okay, you know. And at, at, he was only five, six, so I was thinking he's so innocent. Like I, I don't want him to hurt, you sure. know. But it, that's unrealistic, yeah. you know. So yeah, absolutely. To, I think I just, that. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> sorry, you're good. To this day, you know, I encourage him to talk about his feelings, you know, and talk about his emotions. Yeah. I think it's really, one, really good advice from that friend because I think part of what we see sometimes in our culture now is that we try to keep our kids in kind of like a bubble, you know, that Mm. that everything is safe and protected for them. And I think, yeah, and I think (laughs) that sometimes they need to understand that, like, Life is rocky, guys, and you're going to hit potholes, and it's okay to feel sad or angry, but now we have to figure out how to navigate it, right? And if we as parents make everything so sunshine and rainbows for our kids, 
how do they learn to rely on the Lord when things are hard, right? How do they learn to navigate difficult situations and have that perspective that like there's a purpose in this pain if we don't let them actually feel pain, you know? And so I think that that was something from the first time we chatted and we're having to redo, but from that first time we chatted, you said that and I thought that was really powerful and something that had kind of stuck with me. So what would you say has been like your biggest takeaway as far as like what you've learned or what, what you've come out of the other side? And I know you're still kind of partially on the journey and Mm -hmm. you know, your husband is never going to not be in your life because you guys have a kiddo and, Mm -hmm. but what would you say are some of the biggest takeaways or just lessons learned during this whole process? Um, well, one I've already mentioned and that is no there isn't a man on this planet who is going to fulfill all my needs. Mm. Um, and only the Lord can do that. Um, that's actually a, a lot to ask of a person, you know, sure. um, and vice versa. Um, husbands with your wives, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot to expect out of someone, but, um, I don't know. Coming from someone who's had a pretty easy life until the last couple of years, you know, it's just, life stinks sometimes and I do know hindsight's twenty twenty, and I'll be able to look back one day and see how, how everything happened and why everything happened mm-hmm. and um, I choose to believe that you know good will come out of this mm-hmm. um, and that was impossible to see in the beginning sure. um, it's getting easier and easier to see um, you know in the beginning, I think I thought, well, this is the worst possible thing that could happen for my family or right. my son, especially. But you know, maybe it's not. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Maybe this is for the best, mm-hmm. and in the end, he can learn from it, and mm-hmm. he can learn what not to do, and he can learn. Um, you know, and I count my many, many blessings because my ex-husband is a very good dad to my son. So, yeah. Um, I do count my blessings every day. Right. For For sure. Yeah. But, you know, we've talked about that before, but like Jeff, my husband was married for eight and a half years and his ex-wife left him. Um, and he was devastated by that in the moment and, you know, dealt with depression and all kinds of things for a little while. But then I look at my life and I'm like, if that had never happened and he had never gone through that, I obviously wouldn't have him. We wouldn't have our two children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he learned a lot from that, you know, um, and it makes him a better husband, mm-hmm. you know, now. Um, and so I'm grateful for that. And so I do think, I say all that to say, I, you know, there is healing and, and redemption and um, good that can come out of those really difficult, you know, situations. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you had some things that you wanted to share from Lisa's book mm-hmm. specifically. Um, as you were going through this, though, other than that book, were there things that you read or counseling that you did or, like, if someone's going through this or thinks that their husband and them might be in a really difficult situation or um, they suspect something or any of that, what would you say to them? Are there resources that you would encourage them to do or seek out? Um, I mean, honestly, 
again, I know it sounds dramatic, but this book is amazing. If you've read it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I do want to say is um, anybody who is going through this or is um, thinking about divorce or talking about divorce or anything, um, I, I would like to say fight until you have no fight left. Mm, because one of the things that I didn't want for myself, selfishly, five years down the road, I did not want to look back and have any regrets. Yeah. Like, I wanted to say, I felt like I did all I could. Right. You know, because marriage is so important, and marriage can be so special, Um, and it's hard work. Like, you have to be willing to do the work, but... um, That is not what the Lord wants for you. Um, But I will turn right around and say, you both have to want it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you both have to be willing to fight because it's not going to work if just one of you, you know, are. Absolutely. But, um, I mean, obviously, um, obviously the Bible Mm -hmm. (laughs) is huge. I mean, all in my journal, you'll see just... Bible verse after Bible verse after Bible verse written, just ones that spoke to me. Um, highly recommend counseling. Um, I did mm-hmm. it myself. Um, I went to a Christian counselor. Um, I think that's an important thing, too, that you did it yourself. I, I've talked to a lot of mamas who, well, he just won't go. He just won't go. He mm-hmm. just won't go. And I would just want to say, encourage you, if you are struggling in your marriage and he won't go, Go by yourself. Yeah. Still go. Go by yourself. Because that's going to give you affirmation and strength and resources and just support, you Mm -hmm. know, in that to to know how to handle things better. And And I'll never forget the first time I sat down with my counselor. And I don't know, like, I don't know initially, like, why I went. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I just wanted to be able to vent and, like, somebody to say, you know, make me feel better. But, like, I remember I sat down with lunch at, at lunch with her and just immediately started just word vomiting. Like, mm-hmm. well, he does this, and he did this, and he's doing this. Sure. And she stopped me right there, and she was like, that's not why we're here. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm here to help you, and, like, I don't need to know all the details. Wow. You know, and that, like, shook me. Because I was sure. like, well, that's not what I want. Like, I want to come, and I want to, like, badmouth him, and I want to, you know. And yeah. that's just not... And that's not going to get us anywhere. That's sure. not going to help, you know. Sure. So, and she's not going to be able to change that. Right. Like, yeah. I was his wife and I couldn't change it. Right. Nothing I did, nothing I said. I couldn't cry enough tears. I couldn't act a certain way. Like, nothing was going to change the situation. Right. Again, only the Lord can change someone. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's, that's another good point. Ooh, that's another good point. It's another good point. Oh, ladies, ladies, ladies. We can't change anyone. Yeah. We can't change them, you know. Only the Lord can, and they have to want it. Yep. Um, and vice versa. Nobody mm-hmm. can change me. I am who I am, mm-hmm. you know. So, mm-hmm. oof. Yeah. Yeah. So Lisa's book is called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. Um, one of my dear, dear clients um, who has unfortunately been through um, some similar things um, in her marriage, and I will not mention any names, but she... Um, was sitting in my chair one day as I'm sobbing 
<laughs> because of everything going on. And um, I think the next day she showed up with this book mm. and the Bible study book that went along with it and said, this book changed my life. I want you to read it cover to cover. Um, I want us to be able to talk about it. Wow. And just a very, very good godly woman um, mm. still comes to me to this day. And just, she's precious. And um, so we were able to talk about it. You know, I'd text her every once in a while when I, like, finish a chapter or whatever. And just just one of the many, many people that the Lord placed in my life. Sure. Like, I can look back and, like, there's people, there's places, like, Cycle Bar, you know, being uh -huh. one of them. And just the Lord knew what was coming. And he placed these people strategically in my life. And, you know, it's just really cool to look back. Mm -hmm. And I know, like... Five years from now, I'm going to be able to look at this whole situation yeah. as, you know, a God thing. But um, the way I... Is there any other questions you want to ask? Because I want to end with this. Sure. I think the only other thing that I would ask is, you know, maybe people are listening. And not everybody is in the middle of, um, you know, a divorce or having those issues. But maybe they have a friend who is. And... How how can you be a good friend to somebody going through something like that? Because I think there's this idea, like, I'm such a fixer. I have mm. such a tendency to try to fix things. You should do this or you should do that. And, you know, like miscarriages and infertility, I think all of us in this culture, in this day and age, are impacted by divorce in some way. We have a girlfriend or our parents or siblings or ourselves. We are impacted by it. And so... What would you say as far as, like, being someone who's trying to support someone going through that? Mm. Um, I remember in the very beginning, like, just not wanting to be alone. Mm. Um, I had so many friends. They would come spend the night. Um, my mom, my grandmother would come spend the night. Like, I just did not want to be alone. Yeah. And I am, like, super, like, if you know me, I am super independent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, fast forward to now, I love my alone time. Right, right. Sure. <laughs> but in the beginning yeah it was just just be there for them I mean yeah. there's no words um you know the the day after my husband moved out uh I had a good friend mm -hmm. told her I didn't want her to come didn't want her to come I wanted to lay in bed all day she refused I mean she was not hearing it she showed up at my doorstep with flowers with soup with cookies like and just sat mm -hmm. and cried with me you mm -hmm. know um just be there for them. Yeah. I mean, no, I know that I, seems kind of... I think it's really good advice because sometimes we think there's the right thing to say or there's a book to give them and honestly just showing up even when they tell you they don't want you to come. <laughs> I think that's a really important thing because sometimes we worry about offending someone and I think as women... Or, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think as women we need more other women in our lives who are willing to just say, you need a break, I'm coming to get your kid or... Um, this it's crappy and I'm really sorry. I'm coming right now to mm -hmm. bring you food or I'm, I'm coming to clean your house or, you know, I've talked about this before, but when babies are born, you know, we show up with food, but like we can show up in other ways, you know, just mm -hmm. being there. So I love that you said that because I think that's just really, really important. So I know you mentioned, you know, scripture and the Bible has really been impactful for you. Is there a verse that comes to mind or something that sticks out that really has, has been important for you? Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, 
I have this written in my journal, um, and it is 1 Peter 5.10, and it says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And I just loved that because I felt so weak. Sure. Like, <laughs> in every aspect of, like, even coming to work, like, my passion, something I love doing, you know, I felt weak every day. Like, I didn't want to come, you know. I mean, I've never f felt depressed or I've never dealt with anxiety, and I 100% did Yeah. through that time, you know. And still, on a, you know, every once in a while, I still feel those feelings. Sure. And just that word strong, I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. to feel strong again, you know. So. I love that. And I don't know, you know, it says... After you've suffered a little a little while, he will right. restore you and make you strong and firm. And I just love that. Mm -hmm. And definitely resonated with me for sure. Yeah, I love that. Well, I know that you have something that you want to close with. And, it, and it's out of that book um, mm -hmm. that was so impactful for you. Um, so I will, I will let you do that. Okay, so as I'm reading this book, I kept telling people, we talk about it all the time. And a lot of people have read this book. But I kept saying, like, I just love her writing and like mm -hmm. I feel like me and Lisa Turkers could be best friends <laughs> and I know any woman who like sees her posts or reads her books like feels the same way mm -hmm. just yeah so the whole time I was thinking to be able to like hang out with this woman for one day mm -hmm. what would that look like mm -hmm. and so as, as I'm at the beach last June with some friends and Aiden and I'm sitting on the balcony one morning and I'm finished. I'm so excited to finish this book because it's just been so wonderful. And I had already bought her other book that I wanted to start reading. And the way this book ended is, um, I'm not going to read this part cause this is already long enough, but she says at the very end, she goes, if we were to hang out for the day. Mm -hmm. This is what it would look like. And I, so I said, no way. Lord, no way. <laughs> like, the whole time I read this book, I felt that. Like, I want to hang out with this woman. Right. And so she ends the very last chapter with that. You know, she said, we'd, we'd go to the Mexican restaurant. We'd eat guacamole. And mm -hmm. we'd have messy buns. And, you know, we'd start with coffee and end in my kitchen for lunch or whatever. So... Um, but the last chapter of this book is called Upside Down. Mm -hmm. And um, my God story where this is concerned is the client slash friend who gifted me this book. As I'm sitting here reading what I'm about to read you guys, like a total mess. Just envision me sitting on the balcony staring at the ocean which I don't know about y'all, but I feel closer to God when I'm at the beach. hundred <laughs> percent. Than when I'm with any, anywhere. But I'm sitting there staring at the ocean, reading this, sobbing. I'm talking mm -hmm. tears, snot, like it's bad. Because <laughs> it's so wonderful when I'm about to read you. But as I'm in the middle of reading this, my client, who I hadn't seen probably since her last appointment, mm. texts me. No way. So swear, cool. Swear. Cold chills. And all it says is praying for you today, sweet friend. I just had you on my mind. Wow. <laughs> and so I finished reading. I got my crap together, 
Because, like, and my neighbor, like, we were on vacation with my neighbor, and they kept coming out on the porch, and the kids were coming in and out. And I'm just, like, I have my sunglasses on because I'm just an absolute mess. Yes, I'm yeah. actually hoping I can get through it now because it's been a minute since I've read it. But sure. Anyways, so an afternoon with Lisa Turkhurst would look like all this. And then she says, um, I would end with this. I apologize because this may take a minute, but it's a dialogue between God and Jesus mm-hmm. that just spilled out from my pen to my journal one day. It's not prophecy, nor am I trying to proclaim divine words that aren't mine to give. But when the allegory came to me, it settled into my soul and felt right for both you and me. Mm-hmm. I call it upside down. And with a nod in your direction, I dedicate this to you. That's the title of the chapter is upside down. So this is like, she journaled this and Mm -hmm. it's a conversation between God and Jesus. The son turned his head and quizzically said, Hmm, father, those are some really strange words to assign to this life. Can we pick some other words? I have some fantastic suggestions Mm -hmm. for this one. She's optimistic and strong. She's caring and compassionate. She's good and generous. And she's so very aware of others. She's a deep thinker and a deep feeler all in one. She's so very rare. Father, yes, she's rare. I know. And that's why she must be upside down. Mm -hmm. Father, as she gets older, I don't think she will like that that you gave her these words. I think she will question, why did you do this to me? The father replied, she most certainly will question me. Her favorite favorite question of all will be why, and it will serve her well, for in the incessant wrestling, she will come to learn something most people never learn. She will see, I didn't do these things to her. I did them for her. Mm. Though it broke my heart to give her the opposite of what she wanted, she will watch me eventually turn all that bad into good. I will turn it all upside down, and in doing so, she will live right side up. She will be a beacon of light in extreme darkness. She will be a voice of hope when others feel all is lost. As she learns to live in this upside-down way, she will discover there are some problems that cannot be solved, though her brain will tirelessly try. Mm -hmm. But in the end, she will release even that all the trying, all the wrestling, to tie things up tidily, and she will finally embrace her most glorious quality of all, her messiness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is the most upside down part of the whole story. What makes her most delightful are the parts of her that are most messy, untidy, unpolished, uneducated, untouched by perfection, untarnished by performance. Mm. She will effortlessly show others a way to find me and draw their hearts into the reality that I am a good God. And most importantly, that I am good at being God. Mm. No human should have to carry the weight of being their own God, but so many do. As she seeks me in her mess, she will show others how to find freedom from that weight. She will be a force to be reckoned with in the great battle of good versus evil. Her gentleness will be her strength. Her love will be the fiercest weapon. Her balance will be the beauty of her soul and her wrestling with the answers to why that will that never come will be her humility mm. she'll be a learner and lover of truth she will crave certainty but people are unpredictable and circumstances will often cause her confusion confusion so she'll take the uncertainties and bury them in the rich soil of my word these will be some of our closest times together she and i when she learns something while confused she'll remember it forever mm. truth i love that truth will shape her in the best of ways and lead her heart to want to give 
the hope she's found to others, which we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So it's through her uncertainty she'll find her most certain purpose in the world. She will be a curator of curiosity, an image bearer of imagination, a tender truth teller, a bold gospel bringer, and the wonderful part of why. I laugh when I read a tender truth because <laughs> I'm definitely a truth teller now, but it is not always tender. <laughs> I tell my friends sometimes I'm like, uh, uh-uh, no, 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 we don't do that. Uh, those are the those are the things she'll discover as the journey through life, dancing and falling and getting back up again. But son, there is something you must tell her yourself right now today. Dear daughter of mine, when the world tries to beat the why question out of you. Offer it back to the heart of every wide-eyed inner child and whisper, yes, yes, ask away. Because to kill that question is to kill the passion-filled purpose that will give you an answer. You'll never know why that person did what they did. Or why the seemingly perfect circumstances shifted and corrupted the way they did. Why the destruction and devastation marched into your life. No, you'll never know those answers. Mm -hmm. But trust me, it wouldn't make anything better, even if you did have those answers. It just wouldn't. I've not kept those answers from you as a cruel exercise of my power. I've kept those answers because only I can bear the weight of them. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. You live in a broken world where broken things happen. In a sin-soaked world, horrible things happen. They just do. And you will hurt deeply because of these things. You, dear girl, will also watch others hurt. You will hear human answers that try to tie bows around the big blows of life. These sound good in the sermon, Hmm. but never hold up in real life. And that's when you will see what a gift it is that you've been entrusted with enough hurt to keep you humane. You'll offer the only real answers available. The Lord help me survive, and he'll help you too. I'll hold your hand while you find your way to him. You won't know why this and that are happening, but there's a part of the why you will come to know. Look around, and you will see the part of why I do want you to know. You'll find it in the eyes of every human you brush up against or bump into or barrel over or dare to embrace. In their eyes will be secret sorrow, a deep wound, a scared child. You were made to connect with that person. Really connect. But you'll never, ever connect with your perfections and performance. Mm. All that's slick and shiny about you repels them or scares them or makes them shrink back. But your tears, oh, they are liquid magnets drawing wow. others in. Mm-hmm. They are a river of reality, a healing for hurts, a bonding for brokenness. You see, it's through your tears that people are united. It's what makes you a safe person to others when you simply whisper, Me too. Me too. You won't have to bring them answers. Just bring them your peaceful presence. And right then and there, your heart will feel like it could just about explode with joy that you have imperfections. They'll invite you to stay when you realize you haven't skipped through life untouched by failures and faults and made being made to feel fragile by others. Perfection intimidates. I'm almost done, I promise. Perfection intimidates. Compassion inspires. And in that, you will finally find the why. Why did this happen? Because there's someone else in the world who would drown in their own tears if not for seeing yours. And when you make one other human simply see they aren't alone, you make the world a better place. Tell her I gave her the words upside down because she'll give the world permission once again to see the wonderful in the why. Her whys have made her wise. 
Upside down are the perfect world words for a girl who will eventually land right side up, messy and marvelous and so very alive. And then she ends and it says, thank you, my friend, or that's you, my friend, that's me, that's the remaking of dust. Wow. Yes, so good. So good. And so now I have good. snot everywhere. I'm sorry. It's all good. I have snot everywhere, too. And if you're <laughs> listening, you probably have snot also because <laughs> uh, that was remarkable. So, so good. Yeah. I think that's just like what, you know, anybody, especially believers that go through hard times, um, mm-hmm. you question God. And, you, you know, the whole time you're thinking, why? Why is this happening? You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. No, yep. it doesn't make any sense. And yep. it may not for a very long time, but I am... I kn- he knows what my future holds, and mm-hmm. he knows what your future holds, and he knows mm-hmm. exactly how to get you there. Mm-hmm. And it may take some painful things to get you there, but but those mountains that we're given, those are—I mean, it's cliche, but it really is to show other people that they can climb them too. And you know, my health journey and almost dying after Elizabeth was born, all of those hard things are where I've made the best and closest connections with people. Mm-hmm. It's been in the tears and in the hard. Yeah. Thank you for today. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. And I, I wasn't too all over the if place. You were, if you were going through something like what Nikki has been through, just know that you are not alone. Um, and there are lots of other people who can say me too. Um, and there is a purpose in that. We just can't always see it. So. Wow. Just wow. I had tears rolling down my face at the end of that podcast while we were recording sitting in my minivan in the parking lot of her work and I completely choked up again listening to her read that and the vulnerability there and for her situation but then You know, I think about my own life and where that applies and how many times the Lord has carried that burden of why when I couldn't have handled it. And wow, just wow. I really hope today was a blessing for you. I can't thank Nikki enough for coming on and sharing her heart. And, you know, let that be an encouragement to you. If you are listening and you are struggling in this or another area, just know you are not alone in your struggles. So as always, thanks for spending this time with me and Nikki today. And this community is just becoming so wonderful um, to just know that you're not alone in this world of motherhood or pain or hard chapters, but you're also not alone um, and without joy or hope. And so, as always, if this episode touched you or you know someone who would benefit from listening to this, would you share it with them so that they could be encouraged by her story? So, thanks for joining me on this episode of the Memoirs from the Minivan Podcast. Thank you.